This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast, quarantine edition. And you know, I got to say this, I have done Genius Brain so many different times, but I've never done it on a Zoom podcast before. And I was thinking to myself, everybody wanted me to talk about the whole COVID situation. And I was like, I don't know why you want me to talk about COVID. I don't know shit. And I was like, I don't know any doctors. I don't know a single. <laughs> you better not have said you don't know any doctors. That's what I got. I don't know any doctors. This is as I'm talking to Gobble. I'm like, man, do you know any doctors that you could recommend me to? <laughs> I will. I will leave a knife in your bladder, my friend, and then and then I will I will save your bladder. That is my duty, and then I'll, and I'll stitch it right back up. <laughs> Look at you, you son of a bitch! Now you back on the. Everybody's been asking you to uh, to come back to the podcast, and the thing that they remember about you the most is when you left me in a Sikh temple. The bow. <laughs> that's that's your calling card. Listen, that was uh, the, the communication wasn't great. We uh, we we you know didn't call a good audible, and uh, we ended up not in a great situation. <laughs> now, the the audible was that we weren't going to do it. That was the good audible, and then you backed out last minute. Um, you know, which leaves some things in the past. Let's move forward. We're in a quarantine. We got bigger things to worry about, David. There's there's a pandemic going on. It's a pandemic. You should fuck up. You fuck up. <laughs> so, I mean, the reason why, like, okay, first of all, you know, I feel like a, a lot of people who there's one thing that kind of that got me that Denzel Washington said, right? So Denzel Washington, I was remember he was watching this. Uh, I was watching an interview of him, and um, they they wanted him to give a statement about media, right? And I don't right. really consider myself quote unquote news or media. I mean, this is just a podcast. It's, it's very casual. Uh, it's, it's all fun and games, right? right? But the thing that Denzel Washington that kind of that said something in this interview that really stuck out to me, he goes, a lot of news facets or people who are in media, they, they don't like to, it's not about right information. It's about who can come out with the information first, right? Right. And so, and I understand that game, like in social media game, in, in any of this type of stuff, like if you're not the first one there, then your information becomes dated. You won't get a lot of views. Uh, people won't care about your, your video. They won't click on it. And I understand that. But like something like with COVID and the reason why I bring that up is because I, I'm, you know, besides talking about it here and there, I didn't want to do a full dedicated video to it because I really don't know anything about this. Right. And not only do I not know about this, I think everybody who thinks that they do know stuff about this, they're not really talking to, to physicians. They're not talking to doctors. They're not talking about people who are in the hospital who, who's actually dealing with this stuff. So right. I was like, I might as well just bring you on here, doctor. <laughs> might as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, man. I think um, uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, I think the, the benefit about living in this time is there's a lot of. Uh, information that's shared. The the downside of that is there's a lot of misinformation that gets shared. I mean, I know that 
even when this first started, like in the black community, they're like, oh, you know, in the, the melanin that we got protects us from, you know, coronavirus. Oh, for in real? The, that was a thing? In the very beginning, right? And then, Damn. And, then it, and then it turns out that, you know, um, the African-American black community is like one of the hardest hit with mortality, right? So then it's, so, so then it's a very dangerous, the amount of misinformation that happens. And, and, you know, and then there's like lighter stuff where people think it's caused by 5G towers. I'm sure you're going to get some stuff in here. Anyways, but there's a lot of misinformation and I want to, um, you know, I, you know, I want to caveat anything I say in that yeah. I'm, I'm a, so I'm a family medicine doctor. I'm not, um, a infectious disease specialist. Um, I work, um, both inpatient and outpatient. I'm in my last year of residency. So we do do a fair number of ICU work and emergency department work. Yeah. Um, um, I have taken care of uh, a few COVID patients, not a lot. It's, I'm not in a New York emergency room. Um, and I could share what we found. Um, but again, if anybody's looking for any standardized guidelines, I would say like CDC, World Health Organization are still like the, you know, those are the experts like Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, the why public is, health people. Do you, do you, do you know what the reason why COVID affects like the African-American community more severely than other ones? Like why, what's, what's the reason behind it? Right. So, um, so the, 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 the thought is because it's, it's not as far as it's affecting them more, uh, as far as them catching it, it's yeah. more of them are dying from it. Um, the belief right now is it's, um, uh, it's highlighting, as Dr. Fauci said, it's highlighting a discrepancy that already existed. So there's a lot more disparities in those communities. So your higher levels of like um, hypertension or high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, obesity, um, you know, respiratory disease, asthma, those type of things that tend to be more prevalent in some of these communities. Uh-huh. Just put like if you just think of it as your force field, so your force field is lowered because you already have these other things going on that affect your immune system. Yeah, I, so, I was reading up a lot of stuff where I, I guess like when, when we're talking about numbers of people who are infected with COVID and the mortality rate of it, right. it's, it's not as simple just to say they're dying because of COVID, right? It's it's like there's compound issues. It's it's not just COVID comes into their system, they were completely healthy, and then COVID was the killer. It's it's a compound thing. Though COVID is the thing that, that set them over the edge that caused the death, you have to look at a, a litany of things of, of why COVID affected them uh, in such a manner. You know, I, I I think so. I think the, you know, I I hesitate to say yes, right, right. Yeah. Like I think um, the name of this um, virus is the novel coronavirus, right? If you look at its name, like the SARS virus that happened a few years back, um, it's ha- this is basically it's the uh, same name, like SARS CoV two, right? So it's like a similar uh, virus, but it's also called the novel coronavirus. It's new, meaning that. We we are we are learning in real time a lot of the things that we're doing. Like you know, for the the first two months, like the treatments that we were doing, um, we didn't know if they worked. There is like hmm. there's you're and because our normal methods of treatment, right, is that there'll be these very like randomized controlled studies uh, at these big institutions who will try out these medications. Um, you'll see these numbers. Experts will weigh in and say, yes, this is what we think would will be the risks and benefits have been evaluated. And we believe the benefit of this treatment um, far outweighs any risk. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But because this is so new and it's spread so fast, um, any treatment, you know, that 
we want to try, it's not studied yet. You know, we, hmm. we have, like, if someone's in our ICU and someone's dying, you know, you're going to, you're going to like, and you're talking to your friends who are in New York, Connecticut, somewhere else, um, who are dealing, who are doing, who are seeing some things and they're like, Hey, you know, I try this on some of my patients and we're getting, um, you know, some beneficial responses. So you try it, but it's not necessarily as evidence-based as would like to be. So it's a very interesting place. So going back to your original question, um, you know, uh, the way that coronavirus kills, we don't 100% know. We do know that um, in some cases it can cause um, this um, very extreme, um, almost um, inflammatory uh, damage to your lungs, um, yeah. similar to, yeah. So, um, and then we do know that, um, it, it creates a lot of hypoxia or low oxygen, right? Um, um, so we know that, um, that's a way there's some people who saw, you know, in some patients, you start having higher degrees of what we call like, um, hypercoagulability or basically like your blood gets thicker and you get more, you know, you get more clots to vital areas mm. um and you know and i think we we see that we see more kidney failure in some like acute like so we call it acute kidney injury so you see some of that there's a number of different ways that the virus is presented and hasn't been um black and white and saying yo if someone gets this they're gonna go out like this you mm. you, you don't know even today in the new york times are talking about like um you know children are presenting with the interesting um, symptoms that, you know, you know, in conjunction with coronavirus that we haven't seen before. And they don't know. We don't know what that is. It, you know, it could be nothing. It could be something. Um, before, you know, um, the one thing that we knew is that, you know, this didn't tend to affect healthy young children and adolescents as much as adults and people who have, you know, comorbidities. Um, but, you know, every day something you could come out and, and doctors like, what is this? And we're like, I don't know. Let's, Ugh. and you just, and you kind of, and you're compiling data. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I think there's going to be a big analysis of everything that went down in 2019, 20. Um, and then if this is, goes on until t- next year, which looks like it might, um, you know, it's going to be looking at all this stuff that we did and, and all these patterns and trying to get a better idea about, okay. We think that this constellation of symptoms or presentations is associated directly with the virus, or this was coincidental. Yeah, because because you know, the hard part for me is that I you know when I when I read this stuff online, right, and and you know I I have I have a medical insurance for 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 whenever I go to a hospital. I also have a yeah. Uh, I also pay for primary care. Right, specialized like primary care. If I if I need something really quick, I, I just pay an extra. It's like an extra hundred fifty bucks a month, and for me that's important. Um, I think like now that we're getting older, it's, it's important for me. So like anytime I feel something wrong with myself, like I, I hit up the primary care doctor that's in the app. Right. I'm like, hey, do I got Corona? <laughs> yeah, because like I'm freaking the fuck out because when I read the list of the possible uh, secondary side effects of what you can have for Corona, it's like my everyday pain. You know, they're like, oh, if you have a slight cough or you have a headache or your bones hurt or you might have chills. I'm like, that's everything. Like, how do how do we how do I not know or how do I know if yeah. I have this or not? You know, yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard, man. I think part of what makes this virus so, um, you know, so insidious, I guess is the best word or um, the spread like this has made it go from like a, a localized thing that we 
you know, attribute to be starting in Wuhan um, to becoming a, a global pandemic um, is that the presentation doesn't necessarily hit you with a very, very sick presentation for most people, right? Yeah. Like for the majority of people, it it might be mistaken for a common um, respiratory virus, which, you know, the common cold. It hit, like, if you think about it, it hit, like, in, um, you know, winter 2019, uh, 2020. And so you so at the same time that you have cough, cold uh, going on, you also have this disease brewing. So it's, so people who have, like you said, nonspecific, we call it nonspecific symptoms. That's kind of how we like to describe them. You have cough, cold, general malaise, like, you're just feeling, like, icky. Um, you're... The dangerous thing is that you're you're what we call shedding the virus. So until like so they think like the peak time before um, you know a viral shedding is up until you have um, all the manifestation of your symptoms. So we know fever is very common with it, and we know that uh, a dry cough, um, and then oh yeah, um, what what is what exactly does a dry cough mean? Okay, so um, that's 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 an easy question. So. Um, okay. Some coughs, like, have you ever, um, have you ever had like a really bad, um, cold or something when you're coughing and you, and then some stuff comes out, like, yeah, green yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, sputum. So that's, uh, a wet, what we call a wet cough. A dry okay. cough is you're coughing, but you're not producing any sputum. Mm. So that's what a dry, so a dry cough is okay. just nothing's coming up. It's just you're coughing. But you're consistently coughing though for no damn reason. Like just, yeah. Well, I mean, it varies, right? That's, that's the thing. So the, the main thing with coronavirus is that this thing is, is like a doppelganger. It could be so many different things. So it was going around spreading. So the only like great comparison I, like I've heard people like, um, and, um, give an analogy to is like Ebola. So Ebola, if you got Ebola, you are sick at... Can I cuss on this thing? Oh, you can cuss. You say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you are sick as shit, all right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and then, so you're sick as shit. Um, you, it's like, like, especially if you have like the hemorrhagic type, you know, all, the, all these, you know, like it, all these things going on. Um, and so people are, people are able to look at you and be like, this person is sick. Mm. It's like, let's, let's, let's quarantine him off. You know, make sure that whoever is touching him, we're like watching for symptoms too. But we are going to like quarantine this person off, and we are just going to be like very vigilant about how we bury him, how we move him, who goes in and out, who touches him, who touches his waist, yeah. all that stuff, right? But with this, you know, if you got this, if like say say you got it, and your case was what we call mild, right? Yeah. So you have like you had like you had some chills, you had like a little temperature, you had some cough, you're just not feeling great. Like normally, like you would probably go to your work still. Try, I mean, like you you probably still try to do your podcast, try to do some things, you know. Still, you know, sleep next to your fiance. All these things that you know that you do as your activities of daily life, mm-hmm. but you're spreading the virus, and, and you, you don't, don't even know. know. Oh, you don't shit. know. Yeah. And that's what happened here. Like, so a lot of people, you know, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people, uh, most people we, we attributed, they probably had some mild symptoms and they're still spreading it. But what the, the blockbuster, I guess, realization and why we changed to this whole like universal masking thing, you know, yeah. one of these joints is that 
Um, you know, CDC, World Health Organization came out and they're talking about like, there's probably a lot of um, asymptomatic spread. So yeah. people who, who get the virus, who don't necessarily present with symptoms, but they're still spreading the virus. And that's what's happening a lot, I guess, because like, um, I mean, it's so interesting with, with the with the whole thing of like not being able to recognize that you have it. And is it is it like in a case of like sometimes when people have it, it's, it's already kind of late because I we I just found out today actually that uh, a really close friend of ours, he his uncle just passed away from right. coronavirus, and his wife is a nurse, and she couldn't right. tell, and so she left home, and then she came back three hours later, and he was dead in the in the house. Which is kind right. of crazy. Like she's a nurse. She's dealing with the whole COVID situation and she couldn't even see it in him. And now she has to see if she has COVID. Right. You know, I, and I think it's right. Yeah. So I think you're right. There's a lot of of the presentation that's very similar to like a common cold. Then there's people who don't present at all. And then you and then and then you have the people who do have the typical symptoms and it's like really high temperatures uh, yeah. The cough, every, everything, right? And say you even you're like, I think I have coronavirus. By the time you're at that maximum peak symptomology, you've probably already been shedding it around you and your your to your your loved ones, um, and you know your family members and your close contacts, right? So it's it, it, it's hard because by the time you realize I think I may have it, then you already have to start talking to people about uh, I you know I may have exposed. You know, my wife, my kids, you know, certain people. I guess like if I were to ask you, especially because like you work in a hospital, do you feel like people maybe even around you don't really understand the severity of the virus? Actually, let me ask you this first. What the fuck is a virus? <laughs> let's, let's go back into the basics because I feel like we're, we're throwing this word virus and, you know, like bacterial infection around. I don't think a, the general public such as myself, I don't know the difference between a virus and a bacterial infection or why a virus is more severe than you know, something like the common cold, like why, what, what is, what's, what's the difference? Right. Uh, so basically if you're looking at a virus and a bacteria, you know, they're both causing, so it's a great question because a lot of times you're causing um, probably a similar presentation in a patient, right? Which is they're, they are sick. They, you know, they might be sick enough that they get hospitalized, they might be sick enough that they, um, can, you know, stay home a couple of days and get over it. Um, viruses, um, and bacteria basically they have very different, um, base structural, it's a structural thing. Mm. So if you, if you look at it, you, you basically look at it. So, um, with bacteria, we've, we've identified, um, like different families and kind of like how bacteria look. We like know their structure. We know like what makes up like certain walls and gram negative, gram positive, anaerobic bacteria. Basically, they're, they are, um, organic things that we have developed, um, antibiotics for. Yeah. Um, viruses, um, they're infectious, um, agents, right? But they're not necessarily something that uh, that we have. It, you know, it's it, 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 there's a lot of stuff to get into the weeds, but it's basically we don't have uh, medication for them be, beyond like uh, vaccinations. So like, and and basically our own immunity if someone is already exposed. Basically, these are infectious units that cause illness um, after they cause 
um, illness, um, people create, um, essentially you, you gain immunity, most people, most viruses. Um, and then, um, that immunity is kind of the basis of how we started, um, coming up with vaccination, like smallpox and all that stuff. Basically you see that, okay, if I introduce you, introduce to you a inactivated, uh, form of something like, so influenza or the flu, uh, if I like, if I kill this virus, like a protein, I kill it, um, and I give it to you, um, like some of its proteins, your body will still look at it and be like, Hey, this is a foreign invader, um, in my body. Um, let's process it, break it down and create antibodies for it. So if we see it again in the future, then we can respond to it really quickly and it won't make us sick. So, so I think when you think, so what, when you think about, when you think about like viruses and you think about, uh, bacteria, think about like viruses are a lot smaller, bacteria are a lot bigger, bacteria that's like really like there, we've, we've kind of categorized different families of bacteria. Um, we do have, there are certain virus families as well, like the coronavirus, like SARS, MERS, uh, COVID-19. These are all in the same type of coronavirus family. And it's mostly based on a, um, like a protein structure. Yeah. Um, um, and, um, the scary thing about viruses is that, um, they, um, there's basically there's, uh, you almost call it like a, a rearrangement that they could do sometimes, mm. uh, remodeling and, and, and if they rearrange in a certain way, almost like a transformer, then they can become like our immunity that we had to it. So you already saw the old version will not work on the new version. It's just, um, it's just like a, a new virus to them and they don't know how to deal with it again. Right, right. So that's, that's what they, um, a lot of, a lot of what we, so, um, so SARS, the uh, MERS, COVID-19, there's a lot of talk about the theories around zoonotic viruses. So a lot of these viruses exist in nature already in animals. Like for, for example, COVID-19, people think, um, uh, likely it originated from bats. And the, and the reason we think that is because there's a lot of coronaviruses in bats. And um, I think after the SARS epidemic, um, they, they sequenced um, a bunch of vi- like uh, some of the viruses and some of this, these animals because we were scared of, you know, something yeah. jumping from an animal infecting us. Um, and then they, once they, once this outbreak happened, they sequenced COVID-19 and found it to have very high similarities with one strain of one of the bat viruses. Uh-huh. So, so, you know, with, with these things, like a lot of times you have like a host animal that has a virus that is only works in bats. Um, and then, um, y- you know, without getting too specific, uh, a lot of times it will go into another animal, mm-hmm. which we call like an intermediate host. So, um, like in the case of MERS, it went to like camels, right? And then, um, uh, and then for this one, it's like, uh, it, it, for COVID, it's, it's like that funny animals that ping, I think it's like penguin. And I, I, I always forget its name, but it's like that little scary oh, looking. The pangolin. Pangolin. The pangolin. Yeah. So that's the intermediate host where, uh, so you had a recombination from when it was a, a, a bat virus only, a recombinator, a change transformed, went into the intermediate intermediate host and then like you have a small change in the sequence and then it could go into us 
and then it just takes off like gangbusters. Um, sorry, it's not a super clear explanation, but like it's there's a there's a there's a lot behind like bacterial and viral uh, infections. Yeah, but in, in in general, I guess like just for for someone like me, just bacterial infections are easier to manage, <laughs> and viral is just on a completely different level. Right, right. So I, I think for for us, for bacteria, um, they th- both these infections could be very dangerous and it could kill kill anybody. Right, but um, since the advent of antibiotics, we have um, we we have better techniques for treating yeah. bacterial infections. Like we have antivirals. Like if you think of HIV, those are antivirals. So we had to basically like the human immunodeficiency virus is basically we had to find ways to try to stop this virus from replicating within ourselves. Um, so there are some like antiviral medications, but you know they tend to be a lot more expensive, a lot more specific, a lot more uh, less common mm. than than say if I hit you with like a penicillin, right? It could it could get a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. you know. Um, um, and a whole bunch of uh, things that can make you sick. And oh, yeah. So it's like if you have like a bacterial infection, it's like, well, take these antibiotics. It'll kill, you know, whatever that is. And there's just a litany of things that it could take down versus a, a viral medication. Like the, the thing for the flu, this is for the flu. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So it's, it's, very, yeah. it's very specific. Exactly. So you have to be um, – because the virus – viruses, they're like their structure is super unique to that mm-hmm. virus. So – you have to, like, that's why everyone's racing to figure out a vaccine for the SARS, because you have to first sequence and understand what this virus looks like, then understand how it spreads, then understand how it replicates in our body. And then in any of those stages, kind of figure out what's a place that we might be able to inter- intervene and stop this thing from taking hold and making you really, really sick. Because that's also the curious part too, because like if, if somebody explains to somebody in, in layman terms what a vac- vaccine is, right? It's right. like, it's, it's a dead version of the, the virus that's going to affect you and it gives you, your body a chance to develop antibodies to defend from it again, right? But then I go back and I say, well, how come they can't just find that dead version and throw it in our body real quick, you know? So it's, it's just a lot more complicated process than that, right? Right, right. And, and, you, and you think about it, right? Because you, you want to, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of safety and efficacy, right? Because again, this is a very like, uh, elementary explanation, but there's a lot of safety and efficacy that goes into uh, making sure that we're not going to be, you know, the, the cure isn't worse than the disease in a sense, right? So uh-huh. it's like, okay. right. I mean, I mean, like you want to be able to put something in someone's body that um, is going to help them get better, but then also will not make them worse, right? And uh, there's so many different, you know, uh, types of people on this world as far as genetics go. So we want to make sure that these things are as safe as possible, and um, and then they are tested broadly and they're effective in any everybody. Because yeah. say it works in some people, and say it doesn't work in other people, then you're like, why are we going to mass produce this thing? if it's only going to be effective in a small percentage of the people or the populace. Mm. So you have to, so you have to go through these, um, you know, they, they call them phases, right? So there's, you know, um, FDA basically for, for us in the States, uh, phase one, two, three trials where we are, we're, we're doing efficacy, we're doing safety and all these different um, stages to make sure that 
what we're giving to people is going to be both effective and safe, safe enough to give to yourself, your parents, your kids. Um, um, you know, there's a standard that we need. Um, and, but, you know, that being said, there are, um, you know, there, there are human trials that people, um, you know, when people are very, very sick, if there are, um, you know, experimental things, like trials, people could sign up for those, right? And I know there are there there they have been having some trials, like in Washington State when this first started, and other places. Like I think Pfizer, I think has a you know a human trial of a vaccine going on right now. So certain people will sign up and say, hey, you know what? I will be this you know trailblazer and and take that yeah. and, and take that risk. And those people, you know, God bless them. They're they're um, they are taking on this unknown, this X factor in hopes that it may help um, cure, you know, the, the infection that they have and then they can recreate it for everybody else. You know, when I was asking you, I, I sent you a link the other day and um, the, the, the person that I'm like, like I've been reading so much random articles about this stuff and, um, you know, Khalif and I talk about it here and there, but he sent me a link about those two doctors out in Bakersfield and they own like their own, um, their own, what's the word I'm looking for? Urgent care. Urgent care. They own their own urgent care, whether their own private practice or whatever. And they had this whole hour long, uh, uh, not meeting, but it was a media thing, right? Where journalists came and they were, they were grilling them pretty hard and they were kind of advocating for, and I don't want to misquote them. And I'm, I'm obviously the, there's a lot more specifics if you watch the video, but it got taken down. But basically what they were saying was, um, from the stuff that they've seen, well, here's here's the first thing. They were talking. Um, one of the one of the uh, journalists asked him about the the findings of like Dr. Fauci and all these other people, and their their argument to that was that Dr. Fauci and them and all these epidemiologists, they're they're people who aren't in the front lines. So a lot of the stuff that they're talking about is based on information without having to see actual people. And they, what they were saying as doctors, and they're only and they're only mentioning from from their urgent care, from the numbers that they've seen. And uh, in comparison to what they've seen in terms of the mortality rate and kind of like how it's infecting people is not that much different from the flu. And that was their their grounds for what they're saying just from their information and the numbers that they've seen, right? From whatever numbers that they've extrapolated, right? And so uh, I guess they were advocating for not a complete opening up of the country, but for there to be a thought of, okay – should we open up to the country with the numbers that are given every day? Because just like you said, these these things that we are so cement on in terms of facts, it's it's based on the daily. It's like this was a fact today. Tomorrow, another doctor from another hospital will be like, well, this is what we saw. OK, well, these facts are changing. Right. And I guess like when the, from, the, from what he's saying from their numbers is that it's not looking any more different in terms of death rates and how it's spreading to be any more different than the flu. Um, and so they're saying that there's a there's a, a weird balance in this country where if we do shut down the whole, you know, just all these businesses and how this country is going, well, we have to balance the negative effects that it's also having on the people besides just how the, 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 the disease is affecting or the virus is affecting us on just a biological scale, right? Saying there's like a raise, there's there's been a rise in domestic violence and, and all this other stuff from, you know, shutting down the country and having people hold up in their house. Um, and obviously people are, were really upset with what they were saying because there's people who have lost, you know, family members for this. And we don't know people who have died. I don't know anybody who's died from the flu, you know, but within this, within this last month or two, I already know of people just an arm's length away from me who have passed away from COVID, right? So I guess like from, from what they were saying, and, and there was a lot of doctors that were 
you know, going against what they were saying. But in their argument, they were saying that from their friends who also own, you know, that there are uh, physicians in their in their state or city or whatever, they also agree with them. So how's 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 like COVID affecting? I guess like Sacramento, right? Because I don't I don't know how it is in Sacramento. Right. So, um, so there's a couple things there. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think trying to unpack and and, and think about um, everyone's day to day like struggles, right? I, I I do I don't want to minimize that there are a lot of people struggling with, you know, um wanting to make sure they have uh, a job and providing food, all this stuff, a lot of uncertainty, especially when it comes to mortgages, rent, those type of things. Um and and other pressures, right? Like interpersonal and all those things. I do however think that um we have to be um very oriented on the number of cases and the number of new cases specifically, right? So I think like a number of people have used pretty good analogies with this. Uh, I think Cuomo did a good job. Uh, Newsom, of course, here in our state, um, you have to uh, essentially have enough testing in place that um, you can take samples and, 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 and see how many new cases of the virus you're getting as you start to open up, right? So I think a lot of the question that governors are asking themselves, how many cases do we have a day? How many new cases do we have a day? Um, you know, and um, what are certain sectors of our society that we could open up um, that would have a, a low risk? Um, you know, because everything is going to have a risk, right? Every, any interpersonal uh, connection is going to have a risk of increasing the number of cases and the number of of deaths, unfortunately, um, until we have a, a, a vaccine or if, you know, hope if this thing pitter, pitters out at some point. Um, but uh, in order for us to open up, I think we have to be um, patient and we have to be aware that um, just because our local cases may not be at a certain level, um, does it um, shelter us from staying at those safe levels, right? So in Sacramento, for example, I think we have, um, we, so we, we ha we've been at a very safe number. I think last time I checked, it was like maybe somewhere around 800, 900 cases. I was just, I was just on SACB this morning. Yeah. Um, it, uh, anyways, just in, in, in the, in the federal or national wide perspective, as far as studies goes, it's been very mild. And I think we've been very fortunate with some of the early stay at home um, orders um, and, you know, all the hand hygiene and all the social distancing that people did, they did a really good job as, as a state, right? Because mm -hmm. the projections initially from our governor's office was about half the population was going to be infected, yeah. you know, and, and that didn't happen. Um, so now I think what, where a lot of the controversy lies is how do we open things up in the safest way possible, right? And you're pairing that with a lot of frustration from a lot of people who yeah. want to get back to their life, who have, you know, who, who feel like they have been making sacrifices and at this point, they're thinking that, you know, it, it's worth it to get out there. Um, but I think it, this, like everything that's been done across our, our, our entire country has saved lives. Um, 
in that it, you know, we haven't had as many cases and people dying, but then we also in the, in the sense that we don't overwhelm our hospitals. Because, you know, at my hospital, we have a, a 20 bed ICU, 20 beds, right? Oh, shit, that is not much. <laughs> right. You know, and then between, and then uh, that's our hospital. And then there's the other local hospitals who have, you know, some a little bit more, some a little less, some without, right? And, and then so if you think about it, if we start, if we were at, at the stage that New York was and where, you know, or even LA, where we were having about like 900, some thousand, some cases a day, you know, um, and, a, and a fraction of those were sick enough to require a ICU. Um, and if that was happening on the daily, those resources would get overwhelmed very fast. Yeah. Um, so that, so, the, so I think, you know, we've done a, we've done a good job as a, a collective. And now I think the, um, the frustrating thing is just kind of is, is trying, is trying to find a way to, to ease into things opening up. Um, and, and the hard thing is you're asking people to be patient. And I think that there's a lot of people who are, who are on their last straw. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and, then you're, and then you're seeing a lot of it on social media. You're seeing a lot of it everywhere on the news and at the protests. But Yeah, the protest thing is so interesting. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not one to talk. Like, first of all, I'm not balling. You know what I mean? Like, this, this, this whole government, you know, intervention of us, like, shutting down our businesses. And people also have to understand, like, I... You know, I'm a co-owner of like six food businesses, like especially in the hospitality business. This has definitely affected me, uh, right. affected our workers, affected all of our investors, everybody who's been involved in this. And it's, it's been kind of rough, right? And I think like I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around why – actually, I can't wrap my head around it, right? Just because I've seen some ridiculous videos. And you know, I don't want media to go ahead and warp everything that I'm thinking about. But when I see people kind of like compare – you know, being quarantined for a month and a half, right? And and they're, they're comparing it to fucking modern day slavery. They're saying it's modern day slavery. It's it's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Like I I want to slap the Caucasian out of somebody. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but like I'm gonna slap the fucking shit out of you, right? Yeah. And it's just yeah. it's gotten to that point. And this is what I'm saying. It's like you know, Dave Chappelle said it. Like people have fucking brittle spirits. Like a month and a half of staying at home and eating ice cream and watching TV has been really rough on you. And I'm not talking about people who had to shut their businesses down. I'm not talking about that, but there's people out there who are protesting who are protesting because they can't go to the beach. That that right there is a little odd to me. You know what I mean? If you're protesting because you've, you, your livelihood is at stake, right? Like you haven't been able to pay your bills. These are the issues that are arising in your life. I understand. Like I, 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 I'm not, I, agree, I sympathize with you a lot. Right. Because, you know, we know we, we both grew up really poor and we know how much it sucks to worry about your day to day bills. I know that stress. I know that pressure. But when I see people <laughs> protesting because I want to be able to go to the beach, that's when I want to give them the backhand of God. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, it's been like a month and a yeah. half. Chill out. It's odd for me. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely one of those things that, I, you know, it, it, it makes me um, have to take a USA moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I do think that, um, you know, um, like I, you know, I try to count some of the positive. I think people did a really good job in the beginning of this. Um, I also think that, you know, um, people couldn't, you know, 
fear is a really interesting thing, right? Like uh, it made people do some really messed up things, like some of the hoarding and some of the shopping practices that happened in the very beginning of this uh, shelter in place, right? Um, there is there were some very good acts, right, that happened at the same time, so um, which restored my faith in some humanity. Um, yeah. But then I think, you know, it's been about what, uh, you know, you know, late early March, since a lot of these things happened, went down. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's people could only go so long, and then if they don't see, if it could be, it's, it's hard because a virus is not something that you could see. So mm-hmm. then, when you when you look at so when you look outside, it's the weather's looking good. <laughs> yeah. You know, the weather is nice. If you live next to a beach, you're like, oh man, that looks very inviting. I think, unfortunately, you don't realize that things might still be very precarious until you go out there, and then, um, and then, unfortunately, we start having numbers start to spike again. Yeah. So I think that's that's the biggest concern is that you know if um, and my my theory, right? You know, a lot of these places are opening up now. I think it's own. I think for California, we're prob you know we're opening up stage two on on Friday. Um, and then, um, George is open. Other States are opening up. Um, you know, it's going to happen. Right. So I think the question is what happens if these cases start going up and we start having more mortality, do we shut back down? Are people going to be able to recognize the threat? And, and I hope that they will. Yeah, because um, I, 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 I hope it doesn't go that way, though. I hope I hope I hope everything's great. I want to be outside too. I want yeah. <laughs> I want to I I travel too. I want to I want to enjoy a beach as well. But you know, it's unfortunate times. I, I think like I think the, the thing that I'm seeing a lot in differences in in terms of people who who live in this country versus other people, right? Like like, like I'm I'm as American as American fucking gets, right? Like right. I, I was born in Korea, but I came here when I was two. Like if there was a war between, I don't know, like another, I'm, I'm going to be on America's side, right? That's, I'm, I'm an American, like this is who I am. And, right. you know, from what I'm seeing and, and just to put that out there, and the reason why I say that is just sometimes I talk about like the American spirit, like we're, we're so, we're so gung ho about this country, but you know, I think that the foundation of this country is also that we don't want to, we also want to have the option to fight tyranny in case our rights are taken away. And that starts to seep out as like the root of who we are in this country and who, who what, it, what it is to be an American. And the moment somebody feels like it's being tampered with, people start to get a little fucking crazy. And when I say it, when I talk about brittle spirit, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I'm, I'm comparing it to other, my other friends who live in other countries right now. And I'm asking them how it is. It's like, oh, we're chilling. You know, like it's been about it's been about three months for them, and they're like, "Yeah, it's tough." You know, not being able to go outside. You know, the weather's mm-hmm. nice, but like we understand how serious this is, and so we're just going to stay in. And you know, our government, we they have a belief that the government has their best interest in hand, right? Right. But then, but then again, I also think you know, like for example, like a friend of mine in Canada says that they're each person in their household is getting two thousand dollars a month until this whole thing's over, and you know. And our stuff, the, the land of the free, we're getting that twelve hundred dollar bump once, and then it's like, yeah. good luck, good luck, <laughs> you know. So you know, I understand both sides, but sometimes it's it's, it's hard to, it's it's hard, it's going to be hard for other countries to really empathize with what we're going on because they have worse cases and worse scenarios, and they're not sitting there complaining about you know their situation. So, right, uh, it's it's uh, 
it's definitely, um, I think it's, it's an interesting time. I think it's definitely revealing a lot of things about different cultures and, um, you know, I, and even some of the practices, right. I think, you know, we're, we're very, um, you know, we're, we're, we, you and I, we're both huggers, right? We're, we're all, mm-hmm. oh, for I think, sure. we're, um, I think um, we're all very well aware of some of our um, interpersonal like habits now. Oh, yeah, um, dude. Like how much of an affectionate hugger I am. It's really there. I'm about to hug random strangers in the supermarket and shit. Like you, you trying to get some of this? I'm trying to like sell it like it's drugs and shit. It's like, yo, you trying to get some of this hug real quick? Like maybe behind this alley, bro. And let me let me see what's up. And you know what I've realized too that I have to be very very like mindful and conscious about. And a lot of people have been asking me to talk about this situation specifically when it comes to like you know a lot of hate that you know Asian Americans have been getting. And um, the reason why I haven't done a podcast on that yet, and I, and I think I am going to start doing podcasts about it. And I'm gonna start calling it uh, the, the 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 whole segment is just gonna be called Coughing While Asian. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And the reason why is because I want to be very careful about how I, what I say and how I feel about things, right? Because I don't want right. to come off as somebody who's just getting caught up in whatever the media says. And, and sometimes like when I see the plight of somebody who looks like me and what they're going through and I start putting myself right. in their place, I start getting fucking angry, right? And I have to be yeah. very careful with that voice sometimes because I, I could get on the other side and just start mowing people down because, you know, just for an, an example – you know, I've been walking around. I walk around in this area called South Pasadena. South Pasadena, you went jogging there. It's nice as fuck. Yeah. Super yeah. diverse. Everybody waves and says hi to you. It's just, it's just really dope. And But ever since the COVID situation, I've had so far three instances where people treated me like shit. And that's never happened before. Like, and Really? Um, I have never – I've never had that shit happen to me, you know, specifically in South Pasadena. Like, for example, we were – I was at um, – uh, La Manarca, I think I took you there. It's that it's the, uh, yeah, the Mexican yeah, yeah. coffee shop, right? Really right, dope, right, right. You know, and I told and I, and I might have told you this, but it was it was that lady who said "you people" to me, and she was like, "This mm. shit is happening because of you people." Now, mind you, she might have said like it's, people who are social distancing. It's but, never a good idea to say the term. <laughs> just PSA for everybody listening. Never a good phrase. Just yeah. just don't lead with your people you know yeah. it's like, she's like is that like, because of you people and i heard that shit and i was like you know what you might have met people who aren't social distancing however i ain't take it like that <laughs> you know and you know long story short with this i'm not gonna go i'll, I'll tell the whole story in another podcast but you know the manager stepped in and she kind of kicked her out and i had to sit there and i was like yo i've been living in this nice like pasadena super diverse area for the longest fucking time Right. Right. Been here for about six fucking years. Never had a single instance where somebody said you people at me or looked at me like I was an outsider. Never, ever had that fucking experience before. Yeah. And then and this is what we're talking about when we talk about the rhetoric, specifically coming from the president of the United States when he says a phrase like China virus. Right. 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 Um, And people don't understand how how powerful those words are and how it gives a green light to other people who've already had these these bigoted feelings towards a culture, right? And they never really felt the strength or the power to say it because it's been in their fucking mind for a long fucking time. But when the president gives you strength to say that, that's when you have an instance like me where I've been in South Pasadena for six years, one of the most diverse, nicest places I've ever been. And somebody looks at me at the coffee shop that I go to on a daily basis and says, it's because of you people. And I sat there and, I'm, you know, at first I kind of laughed about it, which, you know, as a comic, I, I, I wrote a whole sketch about it. But then afterwards, I'm like, hey, fuck this bitch. You know what I mean? yeah. I'm like, yo, fuck you. You know, and I was like, yo, I, 
I'll fucking slap the fucking shit out of you, right? And it yeah. kind of opened up this whole conversation, and especially for a lot of Asian Americans, for you to really think about this. And I and I talk about this too. My best friend, he's sitting across from me right now on this video conference. He's he's an African American male, right? I grew up in uh, a very diverse area, black community, Asian community, right? So you know the the I call it you know the the black American plight is not something that's foreign to me. Right. I've seen it with my own eyes. Like I've seen disparity. I've seen this shit my whole life. So when people talk about black American issues, I tend to feel a certain way about it because I grew up around this community. Right. Like we've, we, we were around each other my whole life. And so sometimes I think the one positive thing that came out from this is that there, I know there are a, maybe a handful of Asian Americans that see this and they saw when the whole Trayvon Martin thing came out. Right. All right. And for other people too, like in, in my Asian American community, when you saw this Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm not, I'm not saying that a lot of people that I know didn't believe in that shit, but there were a handful of it, right? But that moment I heard that you people, even though I understood what that you people phrase was said when it was said to another culture, like the black American culture, when it was said to me, I was like, it clicked even harder. It's like, how fucking dare you? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what did I do? Who, what, what did I do? You know, and it yeah. kind of made me sit there. I was like, a little frustrated with it. I was like, oh, so this is, this is what, this is what the black American community is talking about right now. And you never really know. And then the, the, a few, a few weeks after that, when I was walking this, this old lady, she had a little fucking rake and she was like, I don't see you wearing a mask. Make sure that you stay away from me. And I was like, hold on a second. And so I was like, okay, I wasn't wearing my mask when I was walking, but I was clearly like 12 feet, 15 feet away from her. Right. And I started walking by and I saw this other white couple going by. They weren't wearing any mask. They were right next to her. And she goes, good morning. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is fucking interesting. And I wanted to sit there and I'm like, damn, this doesn't. And it got to a point where I saw it repetitively, right? So there was this other time where this guy was walking a little too close to me and he was kind of like being an asshole about it. And I already cursed somebody out. I already cursed that lady out in the, in the, in the coffee shop. I already had it. And now I start to realize where sometimes you, all you, all you can do is just roll your fucking eyes and you get fed up with the shit. It's like, what am I supposed to do now? Am I going to sock everybody that comes my fucking way? (laughs) You know? You get tired. You get um, tired of this shit. Yeah, I, you know it, it, it's it's hard, man. I think um, um, it reminds me. What is it? The Martin Luther King quote: "Like injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." Yeah, right. You know, and it's um, and it, and you like to think that we're in the year twenty twenty, and some of the you know we're we're in California. It's one of the very progressive, uh, you know, blue states, um, but. You know, we're also a, a a state that imprisoned a large part, a portion of our Japanese population. You know, mm-hmm. after Pearl Harbor. You know, what I mean, and and you like to think that um, this, these knee jerk reactions of uh, stereotyping and um, and 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 hate uh, won't happen, but no, it's they they happen, and they've been happening here. They've been happening globally. Uh, what is the black people in China too? Were like getting like you know turned away from McDonald's and yeah. I was like I was like that is wild. Anyways, it's you know it, and it's these things where um, you like you have to be right. Like I don't know. Like these things happen, but I think it's we, we have to like join together and stand up for each other and mm-hmm. and make sure that one you know we all all we all are dealing with a very like present threat. But it doesn't mean that um, we lose some of that camaraderie between groups and 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 
and just being an ally, you know, if it's not your group, if it's not your person, it's being like, Hey, no, that's, that's messed up. Like, yeah. And I was, and, and I have to not get caught up in that shit because I also have to mention too, on these walks, there are the, <laughs> you know, I could tell like some of these white people, they're like super sensitive to the situation. They look me in the eye and they're like, good morning. <laughs> you know, they want, right, they want to right. make sure like, Hey, you're safe with us. And I, and I got to say that even though I'm talking about three situations where that negative thing happened, there were still about 90 or a hundred more situations where there was a white person that came up and they said, good morning to me. They said, hello. They smiled at me. Right. So I got to make right. sure. And I want, and the reason why I'm bringing back this whole thing of being careful about what I talk about when it comes to these situations, I can't let three fucking assholes represent the other 99% of the people that I met that day. Right. And that's right. the hard part, right? I think that's the hard part for a lot of people. You see stuff in media, you, you, you have these bad instances with a specific culture, but you have to look at the, I look at the numbers. It's like, listen, if that's three people out of like whatever, a hundred or 200 people that I saw in the last week, then who am I to go in here and judge this whole group of people from these one, from these few individuals who made that mistake. Right. But it doesn't make me want to sock them in the fucking face. My God. I just wanted to just, Ooh, I could just strangle you, bitch. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I've I've had some positive experiences with people, so I think yeah. I, I think even though like you what you say is true, and there are people who are being horrible to each other, and people who are hoarding toilet paper for no good reason. I don't know why. Watch um, your ass. There, there have been a lot more. I don't know. There's a lot more kindness, I think, in the streets, and I think that sometimes yeah. when something like this happens, you do have. Uh, people like you know it's it's almost like they don't sweat the small stuff anymore so yeah. it's so it's like hey you know like this like familial beef that i had with you over whatever like no we're just we're just worried about everybody being safe we just want you know mom and dad to be safe we want our kids to be safe make sure we got enough food like i'm not even beefing about that 20 dollars you owe me I mean, let me catch you in August. Yeah, like $20. You know, when this pandemic's been so over, it's going to be back. But for now, just be safe. But you give me that 20 spot. Yeah, and like, you're going to run me that 20. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's cute right now, but I don't need that 20 because that's when the stimulus check runs out. <laughs> Yo, a lot of people um, are, you know, because I guess like it's just a stimulus check. And, and on top of that, there's the government assistance with the, uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, with the unemployment together, and it's a it's a good amount of money for a lot of people. Like I know a couple of my friends who've it's it's like an extra six hundred bucks a, a week. And That's include, good. Yeah, it's six hundred bucks a week, not including your unemployment. So it's that compounded with that. That's good. I I hope that you know, um, you know my my concern is too. Like when we come out of this, um, it will be a very big rebuild economically for everybody. So I hope yeah. there's still jobs. I yeah. hope people have employment because, you know, I think there's going to be a point when we're like, all right, people got to get back to work and I hope there's still jobs and people are able to, you know, carry on with their lives and we don't have a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of, remember back when the 2008, a lot of the mortgages and people getting yeah, yeah, out of yeah. their homes and all that stuff. And I, that's, that's my concern too. Man, I've been, I've been, you know, because I go through Instagram, I've been spending so much more time on my phone. It's disgusting. But like, I get seeing all these Instagram stories, people like putting up these posts of like, listen, if you don't gain a new skill during this quarantine, it means that it's not the fact that you didn't have the 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 the, the opportunity. It's because you didn't have the fucking the mind state for it. I'm like, you shut the fuck up. All right, I'm that's, gonna eat ice lot. cream. <laughs> I'm gonna eat some ice cream and I'm gonna wallow for a little bit. You don't tell me shit. 
people trying to be motivational speakers now. I've seen a lot of uh, people from Sacramento too. They over here just showing their new talents on their fucking Instagram. I fucking clown on these motherfuckers. What, what, like, what, what kind of what kind of talents do they have? Well, I'm talking about they do Instagram lives and shit now. They're like, yo, I'm doing this. Hey guys, what's up? I'm doing an Instagram. Like, guys, it's like three people in this room, bitch. Turn that shit off. Like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about guys. What do you mean guys, man? It's me and thirty other people that are your friends. Turn that shit off. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. David, are you gonna start at OnlyFans? Oh, I already did. Instagram be fucking <laughs> <laughs> Instagram be silencing me. Uh, Trying to silence me, son. That ain't happening. Out, gonna be out there showing all all your risque pictures. Damn straight I will, dude. I mean for you, I mean just to kind of wrap this up, I guess like if you were to give some people on how to deal with the whole corona thing, and this is just somebody who's a you know, you're, you're a general physician. I'm a family doctor, right? Family medicine, yeah. Yeah, family medicine and stuff. I mean, I, I guess like if you could tell people from your experience, like what would be the safe safe thing to do uh, as of right now and how they should like practice like social distancing, like what could you tell people? Right. I mean, I think most people like, you know, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. Most people are, are pretty smart. I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's being very uh, particular about um when you go out, um, in what kind of groups you're gathering and what you're doing, right? So I think there's essential things like you have to get your groceries. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, if you're still working, right? You're an essential worker. You have to go to work. Um, you know, it's it's making sure that you have your face mask. You're washing your hands. Um, you're you're trying to avoid, um, like you know, I, I know it's summertime, right? But like birthdays, um, uh, parties, um, little things that I, I know are going to start happening again. You know, I think you want to be cautious about doing that. And I, one of the most powerful things that I heard is, is, you know, if, yeah, you may be young, like you specifically watching this, you're probably a young, healthy person who doesn't have a lot of comorbidities, but you know, your parents may not be and your uncles or aunts or grandparents may not be. Or you may have, you know, a relative or a friend who's has a condition that you may not be all the way aware of. And what if you're one of those people who doesn't have symptoms and you spread something to them? That's that's a a huge trauma and and thing that could happen to somebody else. And then that'll be on you. Yeah. Um, so I think it's. It's you know, and, and I don't want to be over here just scare attacking everybody, but yeah. it's just, but it's it, but it's just it's just be cautious, be careful, um, you know, and let's just like watch Florida and Georgia. Let's watch them first, people. Let's see what happens to those motherfuckers. ATL popping, flow rider, flow rider. Let me hold on. Let me let me try it. Let me try a little bit better to give you a better. Let me. Uh, I was thinking about the bacteria first. Virus hold on, the audio the audio kind of backed out. What happened? Can you hear me? Can yeah, hear there me? it goes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me try a better. Like, let's see if we can use this as a bacteria uh, virus definitions. You could sp- splice this. Um, bacteria a little bit bigger, right? Viruses are a lot smaller. Bacteria are living organisms. Viruses tend to be small, non-living parasite things um, oh. that hi- that can't replicate by themselves, and they need to hijack your own biological machinery to replicate. Mm. So uh, bacteria 
they are growing and they are, you know, dividing and breeding, you know, and you could have a, a huge bacterial infection, but they don't need to hijack your cells in order to multiply like a yeah. virus. So like HIV, coronavirus, all these viruses need to get inside you, get inside your cells, take over your, hijack your machinery. Like think of it like those, like those uh, bots in the matrix, mm-hmm. like they're flying around, the implant in your in your stuff they're crawling around they get inside your machinery they take over your whole system yeah so that's how i like to think about it. and and we have antibiotics and we could stop bacteria because they are organic materials yeah um, uh, the organic things biological things so we could stop them viruses we have to specifically find um catered um like like just like think of it like a, a, a scalpel. We have to yeah. be very precise how we react to those things. Unless, um, yeah, we have to be very uh, precise. So that's that's a big thing with viruses and um, and bacteria. They both exist in a huge amount in nature. They're naturally occurring things. Viruses exist in all different species. From you know, in the case of coronavirus in bats. Um, and, and, you know, all over things. And then, and, and then bacteria are all over the place too. In the soil, we have them in our bodies. There's good bacteria, there's bad bacteria, all that stuff. It's everywhere. Yeah. So, so that's kind of, um, when people think about bacterial infections, viral infections, those are big things. Um, they tend to happen, um, around the same time of year. Um, and it's very hard to tell the difference between the two. Um, if you are, um, you know, the type of, if you don't get really, really, really sick, if you get really, really sick and you go to the hospital, there's tests that we could do to, 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 to differentiate between the two. But at home, oftentimes it's hard for you to tell the difference. Yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Um, this is Gabito. If he happens to be your family physician, just to let you know, you are in the worst hands. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if someone comes in and they tell me like, oh, I saw you on Genius Bane, I'm like, all right, we'll be switching you to a different provider <laughs> right now. They're like, I'm just here is... for entertainment, baby. <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm still not getting checks from that show. <laughs> So you be gone, people. <laughs> uh, right, hopefully, the, hopefully this worked. I'd like I know the audio was going in and out a bit. Um, you recorded some on your end. I recorded something on my yeah, end. Yeah, you got yours on your. End. I mean, either way, I, I think we uh we, we got most yeah. of it. But uh, yeah, people wanted to. I wanted people to talk to somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about. Like I'm, I, I really yeah. ask questions like on some of the basic level stuff because I know for a fact if I don't know, you motherfuckers don't know either. Right. Like, especially when it came to like the difference between a bacterial infection, a viral, you know, viruses and shit like that. This is like basic information that a lot of people just glaze over. And I'm, I'm guilty as well. Like, before I go ahead and talk about this, I'm like, this virus is an issue. And then somebody goes, what's a virus? I'm like, listen, man, sh- get out of my house. <laughs> you know, like, that's all I got. I'm like, oh, shit, I actually don't know what a virus is. I don't know how this spreads. I don't know how it affects my body. All I know is that it's bad, you know? You know, um, it's, it's, there's a couple pieces of, of popular media that I think did a really good job. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was telling you about it on our phone call earlier, but the, the Netflix like limited series on the coronavirus, um, um, pandemic. Yeah. Um, it did a really good job with some of the background history 
right? I think the TED Talk that Bill Gates has when he talks about preparing for or I saw that you mentioned that and Bill Gates was warning people like this. The next biggest issue is going to be something like COVID. And he was talking about it. And then boom, he goes, we are not prepared for this. Our hospitals aren't prepared. And this motherfucker was right. Right. And, you know, and the best thing about Bill Bill Gates, he's not out here saying I told you so. He's just like, yeah, well, we'll, we're still in this fight. Um, He's in that he's in he's in that documentary on Netflix. I'm sure some of your your um, followers have watched it. Yeah. Um, Cont- Contagion, the movie. Um, I think Matt Damon's in there. Oh, I saw actually, Contagion. Yeah, yeah. It, they actually, I think they did it soon after the SARS pandemic. So a lot of like the concepts they talked about, as far as the, you know, you have to take, you know, you know, take with a grain of salt. It's it's fiction, but you know, with some of the spread, the droplet spread, and the fomites. And then they even talked about social distancing. Um, they and of course they had the drama. Uh, you know the the riots that they showed were a little bit more extreme. It makes for better entertainment value, but a lot of that stuff like it's it's similar, right? So it's I very think, parallel, dude. I was like, oh shit, right? Like I was watching it, and then I was like, this is pretty uncanny. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's things out there that you know represent like pretty good source of information. But again, I would, at the end of the day, I would say. Listen to your um, local public health. Um, I think in California, Governor Newsom is operating um, under the direction of his public public health officials, and um, and I think um, they're doing a great job. Uh, uh, Governor Cuomo is doing a great job. Dr. Fauci is a superstar. So, um, I, uh, Dr. Burks, I think there's a lot of people who are putting out some good information and just be a little skeptical if, um, people start bringing up the 5G towers too soon. Oh yeah. Shout out to Trump for, uh, suggesting that we just, uh, blast ourselves with UV rays and inject ourselves with, <laughs> bleach, <laughs> with bleach. Cleaning yo, supplies. shout out, yo, Trump, that shit was fucking gold, dude. I, what he Don't said, do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that <laughs> Don't. shit. Don't. When he said that and he looked. Over and well, it was his. Uh, it was his. Uh, was what, what does she do? She's the uh, the fucking. She deals with Dr. public health. Yeah, Burks. Burks. Yeah, Doctor Burks. And she was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> she had that look of like, "What the fuck is this fool saying?" He's like, uh, "Yeah, I think we looked into uh, blasting our skins with UV rays. You mean the shit that causes skin cancer? Great, let's do that. Please, please, let's do that. You jackass." I was like, "Oh my god, this is. We live in a parallel universe. This is so." When he said that shit, I was like, "Is this a joke? Is he for real?" Yeah, it's uh, you know. Uh, I can't defend. Also, I've been touching my face a lot, but I've been I sanitize, and nobody touched my face. So <laughs> just I don't I don't want to be over here. People hitting on like getting on me like they get on Fauci. But um, but yeah, no, I think that's 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 it. Wash your hands often. Social distance. Uh, look, it's it's right now as we film this. It's you know the beginning of May. Um, I think things are going to start opening up um, by June, and I just say like yeah, Still take it, take. Take take it slow. Take it slow. Don't like dive right in. Don't go book wild. You know, give it a little time, and then um, and then just kind of uh, pay attention to the news and kind of see uh, what updates people are putting out. You know, yeah. about safe practices. But I think you know, overall, I want to say good job to everybody because you have been at home for the most part and you've been fighting with your partner. <laughs> like, I know what's up with that. <laughs> and you've been doing all you know. You've been doing all those sacrifices, and um, we in the healthcare community, we really appreciate you just because it's been keeping our hospital uh, numbers very manageable. 
Um, yeah. So we're not overwhelmed. So I think for us, we want to say thank you. Everyone's been saying thank you to us. Thank you to you. And of course, all our all the people in our hospital that you guys don't always see that keep it running. Um, everyone's been, you know, has stepped up. Well, that's Gabito. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Remember, Genius Brain uploads every Thursdays and Sundays. And uh, yeah, other stuff than that, uh, I'm here to keep you guys company on your commute. I know this podcast was a little different, but I wanted to uh, address this because people have been asking. So uh, peace out, bitches. Love you.